fucking after that thing's faded out. Welcome to the Next Step Podcast with Jay. And Brad. Wait, wait. I'm Brad. I'm Jay. I'm an uh, act. All right. <laughs> Dude, 20 episodes in 2020. That was the last time we recorded. That's the last time? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> What's the date today? Oh, it is uh, December 28th. <laughs> What year? <laughs> 22. We're a few days away from 23. A little bit of a break. Well, we I didn't just, quite meet our goal of 20 episodes. Yeah, I think we even 20, like claimed no, in that. We said, we were like, we're oh, going to yeah. do 20 episodes in 20. 2020. And we did one. That was the only one we did. That was the only did. one we did, yeah. So um, a lot happened, though. A lot happened. What like, happened? Jeez. What, so when did we record that? That was like uh, January or February. Uh, what was that? I'll, I'll Pretty beginning of the year, right? Let me see if I can pull it up here. It, it had to have been in January. It was February 14th, February. 2020. Oh my God, so Valentine's Day. Yeah, we were talking about step one, which we're going to talk about today. Yeah, wow. But what happened, within, within a couple months, what the happened? whole world fell apart and changed. Like yeah. literally overnight. Dude, legit, we recorded that. A month later, within a month. I went to Mexico. Yeah, at the end that's of right, February. you were riding dirt bikes. I'm in Mexico. Like there's this virus floating around. Yeah. Uh, traction on social media in China. It was all about China. Right. And remember just showing videos of like riots and stuff. Yeah. That's it. Yep. And then it hit. And then it was like, dude, are you gonna be able to get home? Cause they were shutting the borders. Right. I thought I was gonna have to ride my dirt bike over the border. You were doing like, like a Baja ride or I, something. We mapped it out through Arizona, like how to ride over the fence and get home. <laughs> and just I leave trucks thinking, there. I'm so glad I didn't go on that. <laughs> my, it's like, he's not going to make it home. My wife's like, text me like, um, BYU shut down. The kids are coming home from college. Uh, when are you coming home? So we, we called it short, the trip, and uh, boom, and then guess what? I was what? literally knocking doors in, in the high desert of California. Fast forward, a lot of stuff happened. Yeah. Had a fourth baby that year, too. Fourth baby. I've fourth got child. Those, both those kids graduated college. Oh, my gosh. And That's a huge accomplishment. I got a couple more gray hairs. I'm hoping these headphones covered up. We're on camera. We'll Lexi to dye those. So, so welcome. The next, we're doing, if you're listening to us on audio... We've uh, upped our game a bit, so hopefully this audio is a lot better. Yeah, Brad's got a setup. Like, it's official. If you follow us on Instagram, you'll see it. It's pretty sweet. Well, not only Instagrams, you got to get on the YouTube, because this yeah. is going to be on YouTube, and we are loyal. The, the reason we went back to this was I made a mistake, and I went and read some reviews. Uh-oh. On they the, say never to reread the reviews. I know, like, but I was just kind of. It's been two years. I'm like, ah, we kind of retired. Yeah. We did a good thing, and then <coughs> I, re I, I read some reviews. Uh, why don't you hit uh, the mute button on that guy, and he can mute you if you do that. Just go like, oh that. yeah, okay. So I'm gonna read a couple because uh, th these reviews on uh, these are only on Apple, but like some of them were recent, so I got like notified of some of them. Mm -hmm. So I'm just gonna read them randomly. This was, uh, this was in 2022. This is this year, yeah. early on. Your podcast perspective are so honest and so helpful. I appreciate your humor, honesty, and perspective. Thank you from the recovered spouse and recovered addict, married couple. Now, after finding recovery after a few years, we have been called to be uh, ARP 12-step leaders. We guys be making more of these in the future. Jeez. Ouch! Come back. Let's get honest. Ouch. This podcast for anyone I love so much. Plus, I'm married to a surfer that could be buddies with these guys. Oh, all right. Let's go surf. Where y'all at, dude? Look at that one. Where y'all at? Dude. So, like, I kept, I read these and I was like, and then I opened we up had the, some emails. I opened up the email that I haven't opened email for uh, 12 steps to change at gmail.com. Oh. And I like, boom, boom, boom. I was like, uh, I felt a little guilty. Uh oh. But there was a lot going on during that time. You yeah. had some transition, uh, yeah, like work, five jobs. Five different jobs. And like from 2018 to 2020, uh, I ended, that's what I was saying. I was ended up back in the door-to-door -door game. So selling alarms with a, a local California company as well as solar. And uh, I was driving like two, three hours away when all that happened. And, and my wife was pregnant, like with our fourth kid. So it was, and then the riots were happening. It was like, it was a sketchy time. And let's be Eventually. honest, we might have been canceled off of uh, much of the media platforms yeah, by sharing sure. some con controversy. could have been perceived as confidential perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just questions. Now I just think it's come full circle. Just yeah. asking questions. Yeah. Yeah, it was crazy. I had been off social media too, so I think I had just gotten off 
or maybe I was getting on. I was on, and then I got off later that year, Let's at the be, end of the year. If we're going to be honest, you've I'm been on and off a yeah. few times yeah. over the part years. Of life. We have a whole episode, I yeah. think, when you went off. Yeah, so I think I was back on. I was off during the beginning, and then I got back on to help me with recruiting, and it worked. I got a ton of recruits and um, worked with another buddy that has a big platform in Orange County to help us with recruits. But then I got off because it was too much. Like, I just kept seeing the news, and it opened up a lot of, like, uh, I think my biggest fears it was an interesting year. Like, I think even to the, this day, I mean, here we are almost three years later. I feel like I'm just finally recovering from that, like, um, fight or flight reaction of that. You know, I think a lot of addicts felt that. A lot of people felt that way. But especially if you have past trauma, especially if you've lived with addiction, when that happened, you know, at, at first I was calm. It was like I was really nervous. And then a couple weeks in, I was selling alarms. I met this lady who had just lost. It was pretty tragic. She lost her 22-year-old daughter to cancer. And um, she was a super, like, raised in a Baptist preacher at home, and she was really religious, and she came in and let, let me come in and talk to her about our product, but then we ended up talking more about her, her loss, and this was, like, three weeks into the, like, shutdown, like, and I was really nervous. I told her, I was like, hey, I should be, I, I'm nervous to bring home anything to my wife, like, you know, should I be doing this, should I not? And she said a prayer over me, and I'll never forget it, because uh, she just, we prayed together, and it was crazy, but she, she prayed for me to... To, to be protected from the virus and be able to provide for my family. And then when I left, I felt inspired to help her get uh, GoFundMe started, you know, cause she couldn't even afford the funeral and stuff like that. And dude, I think we raised like 10 grand in like a couple hours, pretty rad. Like, so it was a rad experience. And, but, yeah. but, but I don't think I, I, even though I was able to continue to work and have that mindset, like, and, and not be crippled from my anxiety or my path, like I didn't fall back into addiction. I still had this underlining, like uh, kind of cortisol level that was higher. If that makes sense. Uh, everyone was kind of stressed. Yeah. Well, the, the, there's a great amount of uncertainty that I feel like eventually maxed out towards the end of the year. And I like, I had like a mental breakdown towards like July. It was pretty rough. July, what year? The same 2020. Like by the, like I was work I was working a ton too. I was working like 80, 90 hours a week, which for me, that's a lot. <laughs> so, so on the outside, I saw that going down. Yep. I'm like, probably best we're not recording right now. So then it just, everything happens for a reason. It just, uh, yeah, I don't know. So, so we're, here are, now. we're back. We're back. A couple changes. Like I said, we're on video now, so you're going to see this on YouTube. So if you're watching, listening audio, please just go on to YouTube, 12 Steps to Change. Uh, we'll have a link uh, on whatever our stuff is. We're not very good at this. But just like they want you to subscribe and like, and that way we can get this message out to this more gonna people. It's going to be on YouTube now. It'll be on YouTube yeah. and then all the audio podcast as usual. Yeah. Santa brought me an expensive camera. Yes. I'm looking at it right now. Ah. Hopefully I look good in it. Yeah. Um, Heard you consulted with Santa. Anyways, go on. Santa's helper. Oh, Santa's helper. Okay, yeah. cool. Uh, I don't have a direct line to Santa yet. Okay. Working cool. on it. Couple other changes. I we one of the motives, if you're OG listener, one of the big motivations of starting was to really defend a faith that we're a member of. Yeah. Cause at the time, yeah. uh, there's a most of the podcasts at the time were like anti our faith, anti Mormon anti religion. Yeah. Mormon, yeah. Um, and I'm like, this is just lame. Like, where's like the people others? that started maybe positive, but then they left. Yeah, they were just like, yeah, they were they're finding cracks and and just really tearing people apart. And and sadly, a lot of people in addiction, like they from again, I'm the normie outside looking in. Like, you question everything, yeah, and try to find fault and totally all these things. And so yeah. I wanted to provide a counter to that as well as these amazing re recovery stories. Yeah. Well, since there's been a quite a few uh faith promoting podcast so i don't think we need to do that anymore we can yeah. turn you on to others and then what i also learned is that i speak to other pastors and other faith leaders if you're talking about addiction they don't give a crap about what church you go to yeah like let's yeah. get you health let's get you spiritually and mentally and physically healthy first yeah and then we can uh work on the rest work on the rest yeah i, I always said that like the 12 steps are like a back door to to like spirituality Backdoor to like Christianity, a backdoor to finding faith in God, something that you believe in. I know in, in like AA, they, they really separate it as far as like a higher power and they don't define it. Why do they do that? Um, it's just for the masses. So that way more people, I mean, the, how did it start? Is at that least how it they, started yeah, the, no, the, hist the history of it, 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 it came from, and I think we've talked about this before, but um, Bill was going to like uh, the Oxford group, like a men's group. And it was, it was definitely a Christian faith, you know, group. And that's how he got a lot of the gospel principles from that. And then I think when it blew up and it was about a hundred members of AA at the time, 50% of them somewhere like in the half, like literally half were like kind of atheists and the other half were these Christians or like newfound Christianity or born again, if you want to call it. And, and it was voted upon and he wanted to have, 
you know, Christ and got in there and the other half didn't. And, and I think it worked out the right way, obviously, just because more people are, are open to it. Like right. if, if it was in your face about God and Christ, a lot of people had resentments towards God. Yeah. It, it th- especially if you go through heavy addiction, you get to a place where you, you've turned into such a victim that you're like, you know, if God's real, why isn't he saving me? Right. And, and those normies that uh, don't understand addiction, they don't, we don't know what to do. We don't know what to say. Yeah. We would probably say the wrong things. Oh. Just stop. Why can't you just stop? Yeah. Like, just quit. Like, what? Even in recovery, it's hard to, like in the beginning when someone's new in recovery, like you, you, you turn into this enabler in the beginning because you want to go, not an enabler, but more of a codependent. You want to go like save people right away, the 12 step, right? And share. And you have to like, that's a skill set you have to learn even when you're an addict in recovery of like what to say and how to say it and what's the right terms. And But what I learned is I, I don't have the right word. I don't have the street cred yeah. to, to be that straight up. Yeah. So, I mean, you have enough to say it, but like the mad, there is magic. And I tell this to everyone, like, cause I still don't, only way I can understand it is like, it's, it's a spirit, right? It's God's like plan. It has to be because I've sat in rooms like where I've watched a loved one speak to, to the addict who's like really in the depths of heroin or alcoholism. And that person has like an actual connection with that human, right? Like Mm -hmm. most of the time it's their whole life. It's a family member and it doesn't work. And you're watching, and then all of a sudden, I or someone else in the program who's got recovery will speak, and then it's like this connection. And that's, once again, that doesn't make sense. It's kind of backwards. Well, I believe it's not magic. I do think that's God working yeah, in it. of course, yeah. And so that's why we are going to be faith-promoting, but not, not so much on a specific denomination. Um, so our news will be a little more generic addiction news and stuff like that. Yeah. Does that sound good, audience? I like that. Tell us what you think about that. So I got a couple news things that I uh, thought I'd share and get your thoughts on it, addiction-related. So this is brand new. This year, FDA fast-tracks review of overdose drug naloxone. Am I saying that right? I guess. Naloxone. Have you heard that before? Uh Uh-uh. Okay, that must be a new one. one. For use without prescription. So you just go buy it. Pharmaceutical nonprofits granted priority review from the FDA to make inexpensive overdose reversal drug. It's probably like a Suboxone. Oh, no, reversal drug. So it's like a Narcan. Yeah, that's what I thought. Because Narcon's the main one. Yeah, Narcan, but but it's gotten so bad that fentanyl is is cut with most of the heroin or opiates now, especially if it comes through Mexico, that the Narcan doesn't even work. They'll have to use like, Narcan's this insane injection thing. I think it's either intravenous, like as far as like they shoot it into you or it's nostril spray. And it's gotten to the point over the last several years where it's, they have to, where one can of Narcan would, would bring someone back from a full overdose death. And now it's like three to four. Wow. So maybe that's something to do with it. I'm, I don't know too much. This I'm this out of opioid, the drug game. Opioid addiction. I mean, it's we're, crazy. we're past the height of it. Like when doctors were just handing out pills like candy. Yeah, but the, but the it's studies. Not, it's like, not like it's any less deaths or yeah, things like that, right? One, one of the things that I, I looked at, it's crazy. Here, here's, uh, it's a New York Times article. So it's, this is crazy. I, I, I spoke with my company that I work with um, about addiction recently on stage with all the sales reps that work for this company. And this is the stat I shared. It said, and this is coming from the New York Times. It says, death, uh, the death count is the latest consequence of the escalating public health crisis, opioid addiction, now made more deadly by the influx of illicit manufactured fentanyl and similar drugs. That's what I was just talking about. So these synthetic opiates. But it says drug overdoses are now the leading cause of death among Americans under 50. So meaning me, everyone who's under 50. So Brad, you're cut out of this. I'm yeah, you're safe. safe. You're, you're actually not Woo! likely to die. You're probably going to die amazing. for something else. The best but not, news I've yeah, got yeah exactly. But in that, cra- like we're more, I remember speaking to this to a, uh, you know, to a bunch of Mormons the other day too. And I was saying like, listen, if you're under 50, you're more likely to die from an opiate overdose than a car accident then heart disease, then cancer, anything. Yet, yet how many people are like, get a helmet on, put your seatbelt on. Yeah. And we yeah. talk about, you know, that we drive down the freeway, click it or ticket. Yeah. yeah. Slow down, loud mufflers. Yeah. And, but that is still. Yeah, it's pretty gnarly. It's, I don't think it's, it's like unbelievable. Like we believe it, but it's hard to believe. But yet ask a few people around and everyone's kind of affected by, yeah. by this drug. Yeah. Addiction's crazy. It's powerful. Yeah. Do you know what California sober means. Mm-mm. California yeah. sober. Never heard this. Is You're it sober term? in California? No. So like, what does being sober mean? Uh, Someone says I'm sober. They're not using mind altering substances. That's what I think. What about food and, and porn? And yeah. See, the, the, yeah, it depends if you're going to like a secular 
AA, NA, all these different anonymous groups. They're 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 to that one. Most okay. most people though, if you get like a solid recovery, it's still all all mind altering substances. Okay, minus things like caffeine, cigarettes, and things like that. But as far as everything else, like alcohol, right. drugs, That's the generic alcohol definition, drugs. right? Yep. yep, like mind altering yep. substances. So you know who Demi Lovato is? The name sounds familiar. Yeah. Oh yeah. Famous. Yep. So sh- this news article, she's now sober, sober, no longer endorsing being California sober. I had to go ah. to, I had to go oh, to. Oh, so she claimed, she coined, or there's like a coin Yeah, you term. go to Urban Dictionary and you look yeah. up California sober. Basically means I don't, I smoke weed still. Ah, uh, okay. okay. So she was a yeah, big, a lot of pro- people like that. I hear big that. proponent of that. Yeah. Um, but then she said in a March interview, she told that I think the term is best identify as California sober. I really don't feel comfortable explaining the parameters of my recovered people. I don't want to look for my parameters. But now, however, Lovato sees things differently. They posted on their Instagram story December to disavow their California sober ways and went on to say sober, sober is the only way to be. Wow. Yeah. I like that. The sober, sober. So no mind altering substances. Sober, sober. Yeah, sober, sober. I like that. It's like better than partially sober. But a lot of people I, do that. A lot of people do that. Like if you come into the program and opiates are your thing like painkillers or prescriptions, like you'll still usually hold on to two or three other things that aren't that right. And some of those things could be cigarettes, pot, or th- things that may not kill you in the short term, but long term have a ton like of negative less effects. Less bad. Less bad, right? Like opiates, if, if you're playing with opiates, you're, it's just guaranteed death. Like eventually you will die from it. And so it, for the most part, there are those zombie-like people that somehow make it a long time. But, um, so anyway, so, uh, but so a lot of people come in and they'll quit that one thing and they'll get insane results from that. Right. Like if you're quitting something like heroin or opiates, like, or painkillers, your life obviously is going to extend it, it, you know, go up. But if you're like holding on to pot, right, you're still, you have a low frequency. You're still like pulling yourself down with a chemical. You're still not living your highest self, I guess is what she's talking about. That makes sense. That's cool. That's what I thought, but I, I'd never heard that before. Yeah. California sober, sober, sober. I'm like, California sober. We do what? Yeah. I like um, that. So we had our own. We'll start using that. Are you California sober? Are you sober? I just sober. started another twelve-step meeting down in Encinitas. In you, gotta, you might have to because like yeah. the definitions. Yeah, different. and sure enough, someone was in there the other day, and they were talking about like like I've been so, they've been sober from like meth and heroin for a long time, but they're still just now starting to get over pot, which is amazing, right? It's good, better, best, right? We always talk about that. Obviously, you want to stop the one that's going to kill you, mm-hmm. right? And then and then work on the rest, which is cool because it's all in God's timing. Well, but you'll yeah. have the best results if you do it all together. But. Yeah, you well, well, as the uh, outsider, I'm. Yeah, I've probably. Well, I don't know if I can make this claim, but I'm probably on a short list of uh, normies that have attended a more twelve set meetings than yeah most normies. Yeah, totally. Without someone in my immediate yeah. family yeah. member in yeah. addition, but what I normally that would be like a spouse or a, a parent, right? Um, but what I noticed is that 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 progression, like I'm coming yeah. in because this thing is ruining my life or my marriage, my job, whatever. And then it's just because it's not like one and done. You do the 12 steps and you maintenance, you keep getting better and better. Yeah. And these same 12 steps help people, you know, get off less harmful substances, food, eating healthier, doing more addiction, like social media. It's it's fine. It allows you to open, like I said, like allows you to get to like, first, once again, if you're debilitated by alcohol or drugs, right? Like to the point where you're a zombie, because that's where it goes. You end up turning into like a slave zombie. We all see it on the news. Or if you have someone in your life, they literally are just in survival mode. It's how to keep from detoxing all day. Just how do I keep from going in withdrawal? So you're taking the, the amount that you're is necessary. There's no longer a high. There's no longer like pleasure. It's just you're a zombie and you have to get that in you. Otherwise, you're going to be even sicker and you feel like you're going to die. You're probably not going to die, but you feel like you're going to. But then once you get off it, like, you, you know, there's levels to the whole thing. And the longer you stay in the program, I mean, I think about so many different things that I've surrendered, you know, over time that God has been 10 years now. So it's crazy. Like, you, you know, every year there's something new. I was just talking about that last night in a meeting. And, and it's hard, it's hard to want to surrender some of those things. Cause you're like, dude, especially if you've been a heroin addict or been an opiate addict or an alcoholic, you're like, dude, I, I already gave up that. Like, that's enough. Like that's, that's the hardest. I shouldn't say giving up is the hardest. It's not going back to it is the hardest, right? Like you, anyone can flush pills. I say that all the time, or anyone can dump their alcohol out. Staying off of it is the hardest, right? So then when you, then you feel a prompting to like, maybe quit, you know, get healthy with your food. Maybe stop drinking Diet Coke, whatever it is, like energy drinks, right? Whatever it could be. And I'm not to say who's what, but I'm just saying these are the type of things that I've 
experience too. That's what's cool about the recovery community. It's like, what are you working on? Yeah. And that's what's unique about the church though, that we've always talked about. Mm -hmm. This is what's unique because I just started this meeting with a lot of non-members. So here I'm running a 12-step meeting, ARP, addiction recovery meeting, at a church, at LDS church in Encinitas with more than half as non-members. And um, it's their first time experiencing, right, this all-encompassing 12 steps, right? Where we, you know, in step 11, it lists everything out, whether your addiction has been to pornography, drugs, gambling, sex, all this stuff, like um, un- unhealthy spending. Like it goes right. into everything, oh, depression. Just, it's, and yeah. some people have been, it's not their fault. They've just been kind of coached to, to look at it separate. But it's not. It's the human condition. Mm-hmm. That's, what, that's what I feel like. Because a lot of people, well, at least I'm not as bad as that. I don't yeah. make it to this. Which, of Mine's course, is good, better, best. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, if you're not, you know, stealing from your parents to go get heroin, yeah, it's probably better. It's, it's, it's worse than someone who's smoking pot all day. But is that person living the best version of themselves that's smoking pot all day? Right? So it's good, better, best. You'd said, uh, I can't remember where we were. We're probably going surfing our way back or talking about setting up podcast about, because we haven't addressed the elephant in the room. Oh, yeah. Ten years. Ten years. That's right. Brother, brother, you got to so see it. See this thing. Throw it up there. Boom. Can you see that? Boom. Right there. 10 years. It's a decade. It's a long time. 10. It's a, a third dec- of my life. Uh, almost a quarter of my life because I'm almost 40. What? You're almost 40? Yeah. Uh, 10 years is big. And you, uh, I can't remember what conversation, but it, you mentioned how, because it was opiates. Yeah. We went in the Yeah. But then how I mean, you sponsored. Drugs. Yeah. Um, we were talking about. Sponsoring uh, sex spon- addicts. Sponsoring sex addicts yeah. and how like that was just boom, boom right yeah. off the bat. And then how it has helped you because we've all, probably most people know some people who've uh, lost family, yeah. divorces, yeah. infidelity. It's more common now to hear about porn addiction, right? Like when we, uh, it's crazy to think that just in how many years, seven years since we started or whatever, when we did our first one, yeah. how much has changed. Like pornography was being pushed on society as a healthy thing and now it's kind of go- it's like the jig is up even with that well because check this out look up there so 20 years ago on christmas these things did not exist whoa 20 years ago name off some of those so we got let's see iphones facebook youtube instagram twitter tiktok android bitcoin tesla ipad gmail netflix amazon prime slacks red whatsapp Ooh, that one can be tricky messenger google maps snapchat linkedin pinterest Chrome, Zoom, Zinc, or... None of these existed Christmas 20 years ago. That's crazy. So, but that's crazy. But like, think about how many people have grown up with all those. And I'm so old that like... If you're you're 18... Every kid is seeing porn. Yeah. Oh, it's impossible. If you're going to be on a digital device, it's impossible. It'll eventually get to you. I mean, what Playboy was when I was a kid is Instagram Most of us that like found porn and sex addiction at a young age, it was because we were, it was shown to us or we found it through a family member's like stash of their porn mags or videos or, or a friend's dad or brother. And uh, once again, like it's unfortunate that some of us found it at a young age, but at the same time, like now it's almost, it's almost, imp- it's imperative. You're going to yeah. see it eventually. So well, you have to be prepared a lot. And, and digital devices, all those devices or yeah. all those apps, I should say are purposely built to be addictive yeah i saw something the other day they're like we can we can stop all these um different opinions on social media right like especially during the pandemic we talked about like opinions can be blocked like people can literally be blocked and like scrubbed of the internet Mm -hmm. like there's some people it's almost impossible to find their content unless you go to their website and buy their stuff but we can't wipe off pornography we can't wipe (laughs) off child pornography Right. Which we yeah. all know is the catalyst to, um, to abuse on children and actual sex trafficking. Yeah. It's still on the internet. You and I in 30 seconds could find it. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's sad. And it's crazy. So we're not here to like, uh, you know, cure all that, but we, we, we definitely have a solution to if your life has gone down a, a dark path. That's the whole point of this podcast. Yeah. What I've always thought was if these steps can be used to get you out of a dumpster, eating out of a dumpster, yeah, selling your body for meth or heroin yeah. or whatever, then something that you consider a lot less yeah. harmful than that, yeah. you can use these same 12 steps. Something that's giving you temp, like the, the definition I love is from Gabriel Mate, and he talks about the, the definition of addiction is something that gives you temporary, like immediate pleasure, right? But long-term pain and you can't stop it. So immediate gratification or pleasure or soothing, um, it helps your anxiety go down. But if you keep doing it, you have long-term negative effects. That is the definition of that. Look at so, that family. So <laughs> with Slater. 
as if he's part of the family. I love it. He'll go to any family. Yeah, he will. Ten years. What? Ten uh, years. What, it's crazy. You, what key insights? Like, yeah, you, you you recorded some stuff and yeah. I, I, one of the things I I think about is that you know if this last decade, which has been ups and downs, right? Like it's not like it's been ten years of bliss. Um, there have been definitely multiple years back to back that were bliss for sure. Because I think when you live a certain way, and if you're if you're fully surrendered to the gospel and God, and you have that conscious connection of spirituality with Him, um your perspective is different. So the way you view everything is, is, is more the world's happening for me, not to me. But if you, if like, if you're like me and you slip in and out of that, um, that happens. And so what I was saying is that this 10 years has been up and down, but if it's been this good overall, right. If you look at that family, that's, that's a picture of like, I just shared that on stage the other day. And it's like, it's, it's just pure bliss, like so much happiness, but we all know in this 12 year family, this is 12 years. So my first two years of our family, I was on drugs. This, this last decade I've been off. If it's been that good based on a foundation of the prior decade. So, so from like, you know, 13 to, to 19, 20, whatever, whatever that decade was prior to this last decade. If that was so chaotic, because that decade before this last one of sobriety was so rough. And I was able to have that as my foundation to lead to this level of happiness I've had in this decade. Imagine where the next decade will go if my now foundation of this last 10 years of sobriety and recovery is, if that makes sense. The foundation yeah. is higher. So, yeah. so it, it, it's a more sure foundation. It should, yeah, it's a more sure foundation. It's like the Christ Sermon on the Mount, right? And you think about that. So, you know, building it on rock versus, so my, my last, this decade is like, it would make sense that the next decade is going to be epic. So, <laughs> so was, it, trying to was it easy staying uh, in yeah. Recovery. Well, at times. Yeah. Like, I mean, I, like I said, through the first eight years, I feel like it was the easiest thing I've ever done. Um, once I got that first year done, that first year was rough, right? Like it's just, you're reprogramming yourself. You're going from thinking that you're all these things to really having a moment of clarity where you look at yourself in the mirror and the drugs are the least of your problems. They're just a solution that doesn't work. You're the problem. Short term solution. Yeah. yeah. It's a short term. Yeah. It, it barely worked, but like, Going from that and then reprogramming yourself, finding new friends, like just trying to figure out how to live a new life. Like what's my, I remember at one point saying, and I thought about this the other day when I got my chip, I remember me and Lexi had been back together for a few, we had been separated. We got back together. We had just the two kids. So we had Rusty and Avery and they were little babies. They were like three and one, like, a, like newborns, right? And we were living in Whittier, California, which is an hour away. We drop them off at my mom's house down on the street here in Laguna, Miguel, and then go to a meeting in San Clemente, pick them up, you know, now wake them up at 10 o'clock at night. They're crying and get them in the car and drive back to Whittier. And I remember after around like a few months, six months in, in recovery and getting maybe my chip, I remember feeling so much gratitude that I was alive and sober. Like I, I remember telling, I remember driving like it was yesterday. We're driving past um, Disneyland on the left side. And I remember... And I'm in the carpool lane and the babies are kind of just asleep again. And I'm looking at Lexi. And I'm like, I'm just so happy I'm sober and I have you back and I have our family back. But I'll never, ever. It's kind of a bummer that I kind of blew this whole like church thing. I'll never be able to help anyone ever again. And that was an honest statement. That wasn't me being a pity party. That wasn't a victim mentality. That was a true belief. That was like, as I get chills just thinking about it because it was real. And, and Lexi said this. Yeah, at least we're sober. Like we, that was our belief. That's what we believed was this was now going to be the best we can do. And it's crazy to think that was a decade ago and how many people have been influenced from one person's like recovery. And it's not really one person. It's a bunch of people that have shared it with me too. Right. Right. Anyway, I don't know if that makes sense. No, so. it does because, because that goes back to where a lot of people completely give up on faith in general, yeah. organized religion and opportunity to serve others. Totally. Or they get sober and they stop going to a meeting. Yeah. It's all about me, me, me. Well, I'm good. Yeah. But think, so that, think, think if you just got sober and didn't go to meetings yeah. and didn't sponsor yeah. and didn't put yourself out there like you do. Totally. And, and going back to your original question, I just remembered it. Sorry. I'm like, but, but it was, you know, that, so you get that programming, right? Like that, that level of clarity to say that statement and mean it and be happy still with your life that you just have your life. That's a, that's a, I wish, sometimes I wish I could tap into that more, right? Because it's a level of just humility that's yeah. beautiful. Being grateful being to gra another yeah. level. You're just tuned in. You're just like tuned in with God and like you're so grateful for your existence. That's, that's very few of us experience that. But what I was going to say is it, if then I like did the steps, we then started a meeting together, right? Like we helped other people. We started a podcast. Those were the good years of recovery. And the reason why I say that is 
I, I had a new job. I started making more money. Like life became great. All the things I've ever wanted in life seemed to happen and come to us. And I had new friends and like, it was just, it was beautiful. And I think um, maybe it was God's protecting me from what was going to come and allowing me to, I don't know for sure, but allowing me to have a foundation that was sure of recovery because I swear at like age 30. So that was 26. So for about four or five, six years over the last like three years, I've had surgery after surgery after surgery. And I, I'm telling you right now, and we'll go into this, but if I had any surgery in the year one or two, I don't think I would have made it. I think I would have gone backwards because the last three, four years of since I've had my first shoulder surgery, then my second, then these neck injuries, and I had surgery in my mouth, like a ton of different stuff where I've had to be prescribed painkillers. I chose to have them prescribed. Um, it's just, it's not the same. It's, it's different. It was really hard and difficult. Luckily, I have the program. Luckily, I have people in my life that can keep tabs on me and I can be open with and vulnerable with. But I guess it seems like the last four or five years have been the hard, like maybe four years have been the hard, maybe not even four, maybe three three years have been really tough. So with recovery. Yeah. Recovery, recovery, recovery and religion and belief and faith. And it's just, once again, I think 2020 hit and it got really challenging for me. I like, I had this first surgery before that, you know, and, but it was just like a blimp. It was in 2019 or 18. I had my first shoulder surgery and I was on painkillers for a very short time right after the surgery and got off them. It was fine. We did an episode. Yeah, we did an episode. Yeah, it was fine. Right. Then 2020 hits, and like I said, I think the fight or flight child, like the, the, the traumatized child was awoke, and I didn't realize it. And, um, I mean, church was shut down. So, like, all the normal mm. things that you normally plug into to get, especially... Yeah, meetings, like... Remember, meetings were yeah. Zoom all of a sudden, and it yeah. was like, it's not the it's just not the same. It's better yeah. than nothing, right? right? This podcast is awesome, but if you were here in the room talking with us, it'll be even 10, 10x, right? Mm. So, all that gets shut down, plus I was working a ton. I was away from my family, and... Um, it just, uh, it was easy to lose the foundation that had led to so many happy years in recovery and it didn't take very long. So what kind of things did you, um, what? not going to church? Like, I mean, that's, that's okay. like, listen, <laughs> yeah, we all felt, you know, we have a church luckily that was like, Hey, it was already moving towards a home church and this, that, and the other, but that lasted about two seconds. I had three little kids at the time. My wife was pregnant with their fourth. Like, it's just not the same. Like when you have to run, especially when you have a foundation of mine, I don't have religion in my foundation. It's very easy for me to go back to like just being a heathen, if you want to call it that. Like just going back to being normal, mm-hmm. like in the world, right? Worldly. Worldly. Yeah. When I say normal, I mean going back to like no praying, no reading the scriptures, no caring about talks. It's not that like I want to defile God or I'm anti my religion anymore. It's just, it's just you fall back in your old ways. Scriptures talk about that, mm-hmm. right? Pride cycle to a degree, but it wasn't even a, like a conscious thought. It just happens. And it's, it, it can happen even when I'm going to church, like, right? Like, let alone when it gets taken from you. Right. And then on top of it, you don't know what the future is for your kids and yourself. And then is the world going to shut down? There were riots. People are like getting beat in the street and not getting arrested. Mm-hmm. That's scary. Mm-hmm. I was driving to these like very, very intense part of towns where these riots were happening, where they were lighting the Walgreens off across the street from me, L- literally lit it on fire where I was selling an alarm. It's pretty intense stuff. And, um, I'm already a paranoid guy. So like it, 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 it brought me to a level of like, I just, I think I had a level of anxiety that was next, that was just higher than most. And it was right under the surface. I was keeping it together on the outside a little bit, but on the inside, I was a ticking time bomb and I needed relief, if that makes sense. But like, I, I didn't have my normal channels to go to. At least I didn't feel like I had, like I kind of separated from it naturally because, you know, couldn't do it. Well, yeah, society kind of, Forced us to yeah. be away from, from, uh, gathering and, and fellowshipping. Yeah. And so, and, and in those, cause those, those meetings that whether you go to a 12 step meeting, you go to church, when you go to those meetings, I think for me, it separates you from the worldly stuff so yeah. that we can get in tune to have the spirit communicate with us. Yeah. yeah. Quiet those noise. Even yeah. me as a normie, like quiets those outside 100%. noises. And that's why these things are so dangerous because we don't get quiet. We just, as soon as we have a quiet moment, we go back to. Yeah. You want to be pacified, that. especially if you have an underlying, because the hardest part is being conscious, right? Like the hard, when you think about like being conscious of your spirituality, where you're at, being conscious of your sobriety, being conscious of your relationship with your spouse, your friends, your family, your kids, like at work, like being conscious is the like, you know, actually conscious 
and not being a, a like a sleepwalking through life is actually the biggest challenge I think any of us can do. That's why enduring to the end is the last principle of the gospel, right? It makes sense now. If I would have understood it as consciousness, it would have been way, it would have made a little more, I could relate to it. Enduring to end, what does that mean? Am I holding on? Right. Like, you know what I mean? That's, that seems like you could be just hanging on. Yeah, not enjoying it. Not enjoying just, it. Yeah, yeah. It just has a negative con. Yeah. Con- but when you think about being conscious, like I was not conscious of the fact that I was losing spirituality a little bit from not going to church. What, and it wasn't a big like, boom. No, it was no, just, just like slowly erosion. Yeah, within, within, within five months, none of us had been to church. You immediately yeah. don't have a connection. And remember, yeah. remember, the, everyone in my life over the last 17 years of being a member of the church is new. Mm-hmm. My whole like existence prior to that was no one was a member of any faith. Right. And so like now those people are taken from me. Like it, it, I didn't view it that way, but that's what happened. So now I'm not getting plugged in to that song, but my light goes a little dimmer. Then on the same time, I'm not getting that connection with addicts, right? I'm working more. I'm not getting connection with my family. Like I'm working with members. Some of them, most of them weren't. And they were very, a lot of substance abuse, a lot of chaos, a lot of unhealthy living, but good people, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. people in the world are still good people. And I had a lot of friends that were users that are some of my favorite people. Were influenced by the people but, who were around. Yeah, exactly. But you had influence. So my light just got dimmer, 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 dimmer. And then all of a sudden in July, it was just like, I remember right when the baby was born, it was just like this mental breakdown within a couple of weeks after. And I just was like, I was, oh, it, it wasn't even the work. Cause I actually enjoy working that many hours. Like you get in a rhythm and you're like, holy crap, this is amazing. You feel like you, especially if you have high energy and you like what you do. But, um, it was, it was more of those other things. It wasn't the work. It was not having spirituality. It wasn't having connection with my friends or my family or my church and recovery. And then, then, you know, you know, just get and, off track quick. And you kind of push those uh, as a friend, you kind of push those friends away. Like not personally, like it wasn't on purpose. I don't think, I don't know if it was on purpose, but it just felt like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Yeah. It I was, mean, it was, like I said, I was unconscious. Like it, yeah. it was not a, it was, it was no different than if you it was see hard, harder to be a friend. Maybe that's yeah, a better way to yeah, describe like it. When you see an alcoholic, right? Like someone who's using, it's hard to be the friend. It's hard to be in their life, right? Because it's just you're watching. Well, sometimes it's really fun, and other times it's hard. It's yeah, not, it's not for consistent. The, if they're at the end of their, if they're like into the major part of their addiction, it's the you don't want to be around them. It's too much. Mm-hmm. But they don't really under. They don't know that. Mm-hmm. Like you think that they understand that, but they don't. They're in their own world. Mm-hmm. And when you're in, when you're living in trauma or have that cortisol level spike, and you're in fight or flight, you don't realize how you're affecting other people because you're just trying to survive. And, and I'm not like, I remember hearing stuff like this before. It's not like this is something new concept, but I remember thinking people that talk like this are crazy. Like you're a victim. You're nuts. Like, like, you like want the, so like four years ago or no, like six years ago, however many years hearing ago, that yeah. described, you'd be like, yeah, I'd be like, oh, this person's just weak. Okay. Right. It always goes but, back to strength and weakness or whatever. But I'm telling you like, uh, to be conscious of your level where you're at and, and how you treat your friends and your family, it's not easy. And that's why I said, when I got my chip, Hey, there's a lot of newcomers in this meeting I started, right? 50% of the meeting is brand new to recovery and they have some severe addictions and some have a lot of time, like four or five years. And I told them, I was like, cause you know, it's amazing. I remember seeing someone get 10 years in front of me when I first got my chip. I'm like, that is insane. Right. You're like, a God. Like, like You're I God hear that. <laughs> like when, cause I met you, you had what, like three or four years. No, I had a year. Uh, it was only a, a year. year. Okay. I had a year. So only a year. But you'd meet these baby. guys that had like 10, 20 years and you'd be like, oh, dude, you're savage. God. Yeah, you're like, dude, and you're as amazing. a normie, I'm like, what, you what do you one, mean? You got one year, you got 20 years. Like, yeah. just keep doing you what you're doing. So. I remember you saying like, we get, when you said, hey, let's start a meeting and then a podcast, I was like, dude, I'm not even co- close to qualified for any of that. But then, and then I do, re- now I looking back, I'm like, yeah, if you got one day sober, you're in a whole nother light year ahead of the mm-hmm. person who's still active in their addiction. So what I said when I got my chip, I said that, these, this symbols 10 years of being on the road, right? It hasn't been perfect, but at the same time, like there's been, um, I can be just as sick in my recovery. Like if I, like I can be just as sick sober as I was on drugs, if that makes sense. What meaning, that, what does that mean? Give meaning, me an yeah. So an example of, like I said, if go back to 2020, stop praying, stop going to church, stop going to meetings, right? Um, become more irritable, more judgmental, more critical, more anxious, all those things like that is sickness. Like they say, sobriety is one thing. Recovery is another. When, when you hear that term as a normie, if you don't know, that means that when you're sober, you stop partaking in the drug or substance, but recovery is a spiritual sobriety. It's like you're on a new level of consciousness, spiritually or connected or emotional sobriety. It's a big difference. It's powerful stuff. 
And, and you hear that when you're new in recovery meetings, but you don't fully understand it because you can't. Your perspective is limited. Right. It's like a kid. If I tried to explain that to my five-year-old, right? what? Yeah. You know, I hear the words. I know, yeah. I know what half of them mean, right? <laughs> and that's how it is, though, when you get sober. Oh, yeah. It's like you, even members of the church, like it's hard to understand this. It's hard to understand spirituality, mm-hmm. especially, especially when you've been brought up in a world of chaos. So what, so let's say we have some people listening that are in that place you were, what, a year or two ago. Yeah. Yeah. And they're real, they're like listening to this and they're realizing, yeah, that's me. Like I I was good. I feel like I'm just doing so good. I'm just waking up. So I've been three years. What helped you? Was there anything that could have helped you wake up earlier? Yeah. uh, Once again, being conscious, like take an inventory. It's step 10. This is what it comes down to. This is what I've learned in the last six months of coming back to the program, like hardcore. Cause there was a point where I didn't want to go to meetings. I was like, I'm, I, I, I have no desire to use drugs. Why would I go? Like, it, it, you know, which is which crazy. Which surprised you, me. Cause that's not, what, that's not that's our message. Not you, yeah. 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 But, but that's how quickly you can start seeing a new reality, right? you you know, your, your perspective changes depending on what you're putting into you. Right. If I look at one media source versus this one, I'm going to view things. I'm going to view the whole world differently. Right. And so when you take spirituality out of your life, you, you view things differently. And so I have this baseline that goes back. Remember, I've only been, almost half my life religious or any spirituality. So there's still a giant chunk of this programming that's still in there. And um, what's the question again? Uh, oh, oh, how to get back onto it. Yeah. Yeah. Like if so someone's, step 10. so that's what I was going to do. You're yeah. in step yeah, yeah. 10. You're, you need to do sound like 10. you're in a much better place now. Step 10 is an image. The reason why I said step 10, yeah. sorry. So how do you, how do you, you get stop back on doing track? Step, you stop doing the maintenance steps. Yeah. Yeah. You stop doing the maintenance steps. So, so the answer is always, we, we can't, steps. we can't control if the world shuts down again. You can't. So once again, going back, what's the pro, the podcast, the next step, right? And we always say what's that the it's, it's the next, that's yeah, the answer. So it's mine is step 10, do an inventory. How am I doing spiritually? How am I doing mentally? How am I doing physically? Physically, I got super unhealthy at one point, right? I've gained like 200. I was like, I gained 40 pounds. You, like, you're, you're pretty big for a while. Pretty big, but you said you liked me bigger. But I anyway. do like you bigger. But this one, you weren't, you weren't a happy bigger No, because I was, I, my spirituality wasn't there. So, <laughs> so, so maybe if you're fat and happy. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. So, my, so physically, mentally, spiritually, emotionally, relationally, and then in recovery, like check yourself. Do an inventory in your phone. I've told tons of, I mean, probably 50 different sponsees. This is what you needed to do. But it took time for me to like, was there a, was there a trigger or a, um, an event that happened that made you just like snap out of it? Or think, was it I a think, gradual bring back to it's, I mean, it was a gradual slip away. I would, it was gradually to slip away. And I think it's been gradual to come back. There's definitely micro moments that brought me back. People that come into my life. The people I work with, there's a few guys that I really look up to that are only a couple years older than me, but are also in the program too. And they're just spiritually giant, like spirit giants, you know, and here I am in the sales industry and a lot of bravado, a lot of money, a lot of like ego, right? And then all of a sudden, and that's how that one company was I was with. And now this new company has more actual spiritual people, like, you know what I mean? That are active members of the church. Does uh, the, so they're outside. Sometimes you would, you would uh, share with me like, a, a tragic event that happened to someone, a oh, yeah. death, yeah. an overdose, a divorce, you yeah. know, something really a lot big. Of, a lot of people falling. The, the, and so like, I hear those from you, like, holy crap, this yeah. like kind of shook me. Like this is gnarly, this what, is heavy. Yeah. Did, those, did those help you? Because sometimes I think you mentioned it going to meetings yeah. and you see the newcomer. So I broke my anonymity in the first place. Remind you. Yeah. Someone died in our meeting, our local meeting in San Clemente, someone died. And then I spoke the next week in church and that's how this all started. Right. So, Definitely there, um, we, we were doing this, the sales team I'm with, right? All, most of them are pretty either members of the church or very spiritual. And a lot of them are in recovery. We go to this class called breathe. It's breathe. It's a place in Carlsbad and you do the Wim Hof breathing. So it's like hyperventilating type oxygenating your whole body breathing. And it's all together collective. Then you do cold plunge in the sauna, which we've gotten way into. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. We could talk about that in another podcast, but, um, you know, I'd never done the breathing collectively. I've done that breathing for years now, but never in a group setting and to that level where we did like eight rounds of it. Mm. I literally, this is a few months back, had a full on vision, like a spiritual vision. And, um, where I saw myself on stage. I saw myself talking about recovery and mind you, this is now two and a half years of not doing that. Right. Like not mm. even a thought of doing it. I don't want to do it. If you ask me, I'm like, ugh, grudgingly, I'll do it. Begrudgingly, I'll do it. In this breathing thing, I'm now holding my breath for about five minutes and seeing this happening. I, I have no concept that I'm in a room with other people, right? 
And I see myself on the stage. I see myself talking about recovery. And I'm like, oh, that's me. I'm talking about recovery. Interesting. Okay, I must be out of high school again. I must be here. I must be there talking about recovery. Then all of a sudden I realized I'm wearing the company clothes. I'm wearing, there's a symbol of my, my company that I work for, the solar company I work for. And those are the people I work with. Boom, I wake up. I look over to my boss, manager, that's a friend, and who's also in the program. And I look at him, I go, I, we, you know, we come to after the class, I look at my, I know, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know exactly why I'm here. And it was like that, that quickly, mm-hmm. but it, the, the spirituality didn't come back that quickly, but the opening of like what I was supposed to do came back because I am good at acting on promptings. A moment of clarity. A moment of clarity happened. I then tell him, I then tell two of the other leaders, they're like, I say, hey, I want to start a 12-step meeting for our company. We know people that have at this place. At this, yeah, this, yeah. this giant corporation that is yeah. not. No, no, really, no. You had, oh, you told them right oh, yeah, then yeah. At, the, the, yeah, at the breeze like, place. Yeah, we're about to get in the 38 degrees <laughs> ice pool and I'm telling them this and like 20 other dudes. like, yeah, yeah, shut up. I'm trying to get in this Yeah, water. they're looking at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> Everyone had visions of their own thing, but this was mine. Okay. And, and here's the, they all support it. And then I hit them up two days later, like, no, I want to do it. Let's, let's figure this out. Yeah, for sure. Guess what? The next week, so two to three weeks later after that, two, two people died. Hmm. One was an accidental overdose with a bunch of other people that worked with our company, um, who was a young kid, 24, super amazing, never touched drugs, but he drank and he hung out with people who did. He accidentally drank a a bottle full of drugs Mm -hmm. that he didn't know was in there. And then the other one took his own life with two kids. He's 26 Mm -hmm. years old. And so then it was like, okay, this is what I need to do. And the spirituality just still didn't come back right away. So what I do, I start going to meetings, right? I start doing it step 10. I, you know, I'm starting to pay attention a little bit more, talking to my sponsors again, talking to people in my life that are in recovery and then start the meeting. And within the last six steps, so six weeks, um, within the last six weeks of, of getting these meetings started, I was able to slowly remember how I got to where I'm at. You know what I mean? I have a remembrance. That's when I learned the gospel when I was 19, it wasn't new information. It didn't feel that way. At least to me, it felt like remembering. And that's how my recovery came back. Like, okay. It felt like this room. So it, it took a little bit of tragedy, a little bit of a spiritual awakening, uh, a vision, if you want to call it that or whatever. It sounds super cheesy, but that's, that's just reality. That's how it happened. So you used to harp on people hiding their recovery under a bushel. Sounds like you were hiding your recovery under a bushel for a little I bit. I remember thinking about it because so, you still have these thoughts. Like you have these impressions that come mm-hmm. in your mind. You're like, you, like here I'm, I would be saying like, I don't want to help. Like I, I got to the point where I'm like, I just don't. I remember saying this out loud to Lexi and other people. I'm just so over. It's a lot. Mm-hmm. If you've been in recovery and you're in church callings, mm-hmm. it's a lot. And after a while, you're like, dude, I just don't want to like people were still coming into my life and asking for help. I didn't want to sponsor anyone. I'm like, dude, I'm done. Like, I don't have the answer. Cause I started to realize in 2020 how, how human I still am and how, you know, like I don't have all the answers. I'm still not cured and all this stuff, which is great to have that knowledge. But I'm like, I'm just done. I don't want to, I don't go to someone else who's like, who has the answers. I'm done being that guy. And I, and, and I think some of that's healthy, right? Like to like step down from being a meeting leader, right? Cause you sh- there's just no leader, like we're a collective body and then enough people have recovery now, mm-hmm. but it, it definitely felt like it was righteous intentions to pull back in the beginning, even before 2020, I started to feel that way, right? Like we'd stopped doing the meetings and, and I would still go, but I just would sit in the background and still share, but not like lead it. And so I, it was righteous intention to not be self. I, I felt like I was getting put on a you pedestal. You don't want to be the spotlight. You yeah. don't want to be the guy on the stage. Yeah, I already have an ego, number one. It's massive. And I already have the capability of controlling a room. So you put those two together, and I'm in recovery. You know what I mean? It's, and then other people are new. It's really easy for me to control everything. And I don't like being that person, even though I, I shouldn't say that. I like being that person, <laughs> yeah, but do. the spiritual side of me doesn't. I yeah. know that that's bad. You want to cur- keep that... Kind of I want to control bit. that. Yeah. Like I only want to use it for good, if that makes sense. So it's crazy that a righteous intention to pull back from self being self-righteous or being put on a pedestal led righteous intentions can sometimes lead you just like addiction. Like I was righteously given a painkiller originally because mm-hmm. I had surgery, mm-hmm. but it went, it, it took a turn quick. And so it's crazy within three years, I almost lost my whole, everything. Like I, for the first time just this year, in the beginning of the year, I was like, I don't know if I believe it. Beginning of 2022. Within the last seven yeah. months. Yeah, okay. Within eight months ago, within eight months, I was saying to myself and out loud, I don't know if I believe in the church. I don't know if I believe that there is a God. I don't know if I believe that Jesus is real. And this is, this is authentic. And that, that's a hard thing to say out loud, especially when you've had the yeah. conversion. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even plan on talking about that. But 
But uh, expect you know we've had a lot of discussions. You know I have had spiritual experiences. Yes. To say that out loud, knowing that you know it, um, so I'm not denying it. Yeah. I'm not saying those are. Yeah. But that's how dark I got. It got to, if that makes sense. No, I it did. was scary, exactly. and that was scary mm-hmm. because I have kids, mm-hmm. like right, and I know the church. It, it's clear the catalyst that changed my life, right? Mm-hmm. The road split, and I went one way, and it led to everything I have, which is great. But then to have those feelings come out of nowhere, and uh, and and uh, it wasn't a happy feeling. It wasn't like, oh, I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's fake. Like, so I can go do what I want. It was like, let my wife seem to be okay with like us kind of being in limbo, and I'm like, no, dude, you don't understand. Like, if if it is true, this is not good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not going to be good for me in the end or you mm-hmm. or anyone or my mm-hmm. kids or I was, it brought a real level of fear, which led me to really like be conscious again and, and to discover, like, do I really believe and try to dive back in, which led to where we're at today. And I feel like I'm back. I don't feel like I'm a hundred percent, which is good. I want to stay in that. I want to stay in that pocket of that drive home with Lexi, with the two little kids where I said, I'm just grateful to be alive. I don't want to believe the limiting belief where we can't help anyone. You should do a date night on that road back. I should. That'd be funny. Go to Whittier, drive there, and then do like a whole reenactment. Just when you drive back. The, oh, yeah. yeah. You mentioned the, you've mentioned yeah, yeah. that many times. Yeah. And I don't even, I can picture Disneyland on the left, but that might be Anaheim, powerful yeah. to yeah, revisit was, that drive. Yeah. So, and, you know, fast forward, we got four kids. We're in recovery. Lexi's now doing, my wife, by the way, she'll be on the podcast. Yeah. She's, I already created a thumbnail for her. She's dove into <laughs> Al-Anon at full force. Like she's my, honestly, this last year, she's been like a spiritual teacher to me, which is crazy. I've always been the more spiritual one, the more like leader of the family. And I've relied a lot on her spirituality. And even though she was getting a little like into the weeds with some things, her consciousness level, if that makes sense, I know it's like a buzzword right now, but it's the only way you can really explain mm-hmm. it. Like her level of awakeness, not woke, but like just spiritual just awareness. Spiritual awareness, yeah, of herself. Like the temperature gauges are all on. Mm-hmm. Like she can see it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, from Al Anon, from true hardcore Al Anon meetings and running them in the church, she's another person. She's like, uh, I don't know. I just, I'm so grateful she's raising my kids and she's not perfect and I'm not perfect, but it's like that level she's teaching now to our kids and I'm watching my daughter who's nine say things that are just like, dude, Very if wise. I were to die today, I'm like, I already feel like I've, Don't say I've that. No, I know, I know. But I'm just saying like the, the, the generational trauma mm-hmm. has been stopped with me if I want it to. I still have many years to go. You can still but blow like, it. Still we blow all it, can of blow course. it. Of course, we all, we all can. Up. But it's pretty rad to think that yeah. like, we're not on that path anymore and we're back. Mm-hmm. Like I, I feel back. Welcome back. I just finished watching the chosen that got me psyched. Did you see it in the theater? No, I wish I did. I tried I'm going to rewatch it go. again. I, I couldn't even keep up. Like I had to watch them all. You know me, I'm all I, in. I right? know you, you can't watch one. She's at like, time. you already on episode or season three. I'm like, <laughs> you're hey, cheating on the chosen yeah, yeah, to go I, ahead. I can't, I can't. It's not, this is not Yellowstone. I got, I got to skip ahead. I got to, I got to watch this. It's like, and I feel it's it as corny as it seems. Because I've always said this, but I get the chills. Uh, it's hard for me to have a relationship with someone I've never seen. It's hard for me to have a relationship when I felt abandoned my, most of my childhood. It's hard to me. It's, you know, but I actually remember why I joined Christianity in the first place. Because I do feel an unlogic, illogical connection to this being, uh, that being Christ and Heavenly Father. And um, I feel like it's turning back on. I'd say it's logical, but the, yeah, this goes back to the beginning I mean, of why the world can't explain it. why I wanted to start this was I, I feel that there are predators that are preying on yeah. weakness yep. in that vulnerability totally. to get clicks and likes and followers and promotions and a money, of, a lot of junk out there. And that's, that's sad to me. Like take someone in a vulnerable spot and yeah. go, sweet, I can capitalize on yeah. that. I read a lot of books that were not, that were kind of not dog, not dogging Christianity, but more like, Hey, this is why Christianity is so easy and fallible, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like it's got a place. It's good. And whether you're, whether you're in our faith or someone else's faith, like they all all claim like everyone's leaving the faith. No, there's a faith crisis in the world, Yeah, but this is predicted in the scriptures, which is crazy. This is predicted in the scriptures. This would happen at at one. And we talk about all the time, like, like 
it has to be true. All the things they're finding out, like science is coming. I mean, they've now even. Pro I want to know what's that last one you told me. You didn't send me the video. Oh, I'll send it to you. But uh, it's uh, Sodom and Gomorrah. Sodom and Gomorrah. They found actual sulfur. <laughs> I gotta see this. Sulfur balls. It like you know, like little com composite, like almost hail balls, right? Like little wow. like rocks into the dirt in the ground where Sodom and Gomorrah was, and they can light them on fire. You still. see them light on fire. Yeah, in you this can video? see them light in the video. Oh, I gotta see Let this. alone that, plus other scripture prophecies of this sea in. And no, it's this other, it's this other river and it's in revelations. It says when it's, when it's, oh, when it's, when it's dried, it's dried up. up, you'll know that the four horsemen are now allowed to, to bring havoc to the world and it's dried up mm -hmm. and they found four caverns and it's just insane. And then, and then you got secular people like other podcasts who are super anti-Christianity and don't believe in it, make fun of it. Mm -hmm. Now saying that, well, it, it looks like there was a flood that actually wiped the whole earth off. And I'm like, oh, right. what do you know? But then they always try to tie it in. Well, all, all religions had the same flood. I'm like, yeah, yes. maybe we all came from the same place. Maybe, yeah. right? Is it, is it plausible that we, you know, it, it right. kind of fits in all the these, timeline. All these pyramids that are all over the world built at different times with similar yeah. architecture. It's, it's getting, it's hard to deny, yeah. especially if you wake up. What, like, like I feel more awake than I've been in a long time spiritual. And then you start reading this stuff, but it is hard. There's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of books that will, a lot of information on YouTube and Instagram that will, can definitely benefit your life, right? Like if you practice Taoism, are you going to be a better person than the, like a heathen, like someone who doesn't believe in anything and atheist and angry? Of course. Of course. Yeah. But is that the, there is some beautiful beauty of Taoism. I got way into I, it. Like I got an analogy. Okay. Let's hear it. Maybe we'll close on this. Yeah, I'm going Cause on we tangents. surf. We yeah. surf. Yes, we do. Quite a bit. Not as much as we used to because we're injured. I'm injured all the time. You haven't surfed as much. Well, actually, well, I'm getting it's back. Winter time. Yeah, we always take breaks. Yeah. Uh, we're we're go wimpy after this. with the water. Yeah. Um, okay. Listen. We surf. Yep. You and I don't agree on the same type of surfboard, right? Do we? Almost never. Right, like three fins, I'm, two fin. Actually, you flop around a lot. I flop around. Single but I'm, fins. You know, I've been pretty consistent. I'm a three fin guy. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a two plus one every now and again, but yeah. and if you don't surf, you have no idea what we're talking about. But me and my son look, almost all had twin fins for like and, years. And when you're at when you, without being braggadocious, but like if you surf regularly like we do, like yeah. we can argue about that. And I'm like, whatever. Like we can we can complain and bicker about fin setup and size of fins and how many fins and length of board and volume. There's a lot of stuff to argue about. Yeah. On, but we're, we're surfing at a high level. Yeah. If I'm teaching someone how to surf, I'm not like, dude, you ride the twin fin. Pfft. Yeah. Like, let's just get you standing up. They just need one fin at least. Let's get you surfing. <laughs> let's get you, let's, let's get, get you, you on a hundred right leader board that floats you. Let's get you out there. Yeah. Right? And a ripple. You just right? need to, like a, a half inch wave to push them in. Right. Let's get you surfing. And that experience will get you. And stoked. then let's get you good enough. Then we can start talking about what fins set up. Like, don't yeah. ask me about what fins yet. Let's just, yeah. let's just yeah. get you surfing first. But in the world, we've got people who don't even surf. Yeah, give a re religious enough. They don't even That's believe true. in God, and they're pick, picking little picking little warts what on a religion, on a faith, yeah. on the Catholic Church, Baptist, yeah. Mormon, whatever it is. They don't even believe in a God, and yeah. yet they're sitting there like, "Oh yeah, in your church you do this." Like, okay, that's like yeah. someone who doesn't even surf trying to tell me what board to yeah. ride or what fins to use. Really? Like, yeah. how about you? Let me see you surf, and let's, then we can talk. Yeah, it's a, it's a bummer because some of it is super intentional, right? Some of it does have a, like, I mean, they're doing it on purpose. And then there are people out there that are just. That's my son trying to FaceTime video chat on his mission in Guatemala. Awesome. Could you hear that, Adam? That's awesome. Logan. Let's go. Patch him in on the podcast. Should. Should I? Yeah. Let's answer it real quick. Answers. Oh, the whole family's on. Hey, oh. warning, family, you are you live, are live on, on the, the podcast. Next podcast. Let's go. Go the ovary cam. Yeah. <laughs> A little huge shout out to Elder Barber. Where you at there, Barber? Where you at, Elder Barber? Uh-oh. Oh, you're muted. You gotta unmute yourself. Oh, sorry. You are live on the, the podcast. Yeah, you're live on the Next Step podcast. Let's go. Where are you at, Logan, or Elder Barber? You can hear I'm in <laughs> Let's go. Wow. Is there any addiction? Look at that haircut. Is there, is there any? Yeah, his hair's never oh, been that I've short. I've never ever. seen him with the eyes. I, you look really good. Hey, El Elder Barber, is there anybody that struggles with addiction in Guatemala or is that just an American thing? No, there's drugs everywhere here. Yeah, <laughs> drugs, tobacco, alcohol, it's the same? What do you know? Yeah, not as much, not as much drugs. You have a good looking family, Brad. Ton of alcohol. Ton of yeah. alcohol? Haley, you were in New Mexico. Was there any uh, drug alcohol problems there? Um, yeah. 
Your daughter's in high school. Any any drugs and alcohol in, in high, school? high school? Reagan, that's you. Do kids do uh, drugs or alcohol now in high school? She's like, are you asking me if I do it? She's like, of course not. <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> We're having an intervention right now. Really? Jeez, yeah, cocaine's making a comeback. Yeah, hey, Julie. I heard that. Yeah, they, they, some stakes down the street don't have them. Like, it's crazy. Not really locally anymore, but there are some parts. But you know what? Logan, in Guatemala, is there the triangle with the AA in it? Go find one. That's your homework. Report back. There's for sure AA meeting somewhere there. We go on surf trips, and I showed you. You probably didn't pay attention. I'm like, oh, there's an there's an AA meeting right there. There's a building. And all those little villages we went in Mexico to yeah. surf, there's these little AA buildings. Um, I any. Look for them. Look for them. Well, should we let them go? So, yeah, we're going to hang up on hey, you. Hey, love Late. you guys. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> Sorry. That's beautiful. Yes. Yeah, that's pretty rad. What's that up there? Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's pretty cool. You've but, had now two kids on missions. That's pretty rad. Yeah, two. So, but that, I guess that end on that point is we speak specifically about ARP 12-step meetings that are in our church. Yeah. But there's 12-step meetings. Yeah. In Every country, every city, and uh, I remember Xander, who's been on here a lot. Yeah, he 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 was an opiate addict with you, but he went to AA. He went to AA like and religiously just, and just replaced the word alcohol with opiate. It was not to enter the church in the beginning. Like I mean, he was still a member, but he went to three meetings a day for almost like a hundred days straight. AA meetings, secular meetings, and he and he wouldn't. The ARP wasn't really down with for a year, a year or so. Just was like, you know, and granted, it was really small. It mm -hmm. wasn't the same. And I'm sure he was getting way more from yeah. meeting with hardcore, yeah. like hundreds of years in that right. room. It's like you're just trying to stand up on a surfboard, mm -hmm. right? Just yeah. keep surfing. And I think going back to what you're saying too, like whatever you're looking for, you're, you know, the view in which you look at the world or the church or religion or God or recovery, like your perception shapes your reality. That's like a big term right now. And going back to being conscious and being like loving yourself and finding you know, being able to check your own temperature gauge on your spirituality, your physicalness, your, your, your emotions, your relationships. If you are doing that step 10, then step 11 is easy, right? It's a lot easier to have a spiritual connection with God and have a revelation like I did to start a meeting or to, you had to start this podcast. And then 12 becomes just part of the program. Like you're naturally now going to be put in front of people that you can help. So it starts with step 10. It starts with an inventory. So if you're in a funk in recovery... Which is really step one. It's a, it's a mirror of step one. If we're going back to this is step one. Yeah. Step one is to get honest. Admit that you can't, you or have, you have an uncontrollable problem that you can't manage on your own anymore and you need help. If you do that, the next steps set you up for your, the rest of your life, a decade of happiness and struggles. But your, your lens is different. You're clear. So maintenance steps, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, maintenance steps are on my mind right now because that's what's getting me back. Which is the 10, 11, 12 is encompassing one through nine. If you do it right. If you do one through nine you'll and you do 10, 11, 12, you'll never have to do one through nine again. If that makes sense. Right. So if you don't know what the steps are, check them out. Okay. So last, last question. Yep. Is there something a loved one can do to help? Like they see their loved one in that funky state. Yep. They're in that, yep. uh, they, they were doing great. They're worried. Yeah. They don't know yeah, what to yeah. say. Like irritable, like all the things you described. Yeah. Is there anything or yes. what advice would you have that they would say 100%. to help? Exactly the answer. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Go to an Al-Anon meeting. Get Al-Anon Works, the book. Hold on. So you're saying right don't away. say anything. That person should go yeah. to an Al-Anon meeting. You, you, have no, you have no right to talk about addiction if you know nothing about it, right? Okay. And um, you're going to mess it up. You'll make that relationship worse. Even if you have the righteous intentions and you love that person, you'll make it worse, I promise. Because that person's a mess. They're going to suck you into their mess. You're going to be a mess. And now everyone's a mess, right? Everyone's mm -hmm. got crap all over them. Okay, so, right? so, so you're... So go, go look up online, find an Al-Anon meeting, right? What if they're not an alcoholic, they're a porn addict? I don't care. What, go what go to an Al-Anon meeting and then replace, replace whatever it is they're doing in there because Al-Anon's going to all talk about drinking. My spouse is different than all those people. Yeah, well, then you got a real procedure. You're part of the problem too, okay. right? Because yeah, you think you're, you're terminally unique, your husband's unique or your spouse or whatever. Go to an Al-Anon meeting. Get Al-Anon Works, which is their big book, right? 12 bucks on Amazon. I know, 12 bucks. That's yeah. all. I okay. mean, you can't even literally buy a lunch with that, 12 bucks, but you can buy a book that can change your life. Okay. And then get a sponsor and start working those steps. If you really want to help that person that you love, friend, relative, coworker, with their addiction and recovery, mm -hmm. you must 
If you really want to, I'm saying, everyone says they want to help. Mm-hmm. I don't mean helicopter helping, but I don't, have the, over but I don't have the problem you do. Flash it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was trying to say is like, if you really want to help that person, it's different than being helicopter. It's like management. I, look, I read a book the other day talking about helicopter managing mm-hmm. versus actually someone who leads people. Mm-hmm. And I've been guilty of being a helicopter. Most of us have been conditioned to be that way because that's what we've seen. Someone comes in, fix the problem, and they fly out. And then come back and fix the problem, and they fly out. That's the same thing that happens with recovery and addiction where, versus going in there and figuring out why do you want to fix the person in the first place? Are you an enabler? What have you done to be part of the problem or the solution, right? Those are the things you learned in Alan on if Lexi was here, she'd tell you even more. But um, yeah, that's the first thing you should do. Just like if you're an addict and you think you have a problem and you're getting short-term relief from a substance that's bringing you long toward a problem, I'd tell you the same thing. Go to a meeting, get a sponsor and do the steps. It's the same thing if you're a loved one. And you really want to help. Like okay. you want long, t- you want to make sure you're not part of that problem. Adding to it, that's what you need to do. It's great, great advice. Boom. This is our outro. Oh, this is out. All right. We're going to end on this. There you go. Hope Adam, you enjoyed it. Feel free to fade us out whenever. We're back. <laughs>